morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from a top crypto research team in the world i'm your host abs joined by several members of our 3t family this morning we got gonzo also known as super g joining us on this tuesday Johnny, aka the Italian Stallion, will be joining us. And we got the live chat joining us as well. So I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how blockchain backers sharing a revelation when it comes to the XRP price chart, drawing comparisons to what happened in 2017 before we went from a fraction of a penny to well above $3. We're also going to break down the BIS new tokenization project, taking assets and putting them on central bank digital currencies. This is something we've never seen before at a global scale, and I'm very excited to break it down. We're also going to show you a new video from Patrick Bed David and Donald Trump, where they are both explaining their perspectives on not only crypto assets, but central bank digital currencies. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, there's a lot of exciting news that we're going to be breaking down during today's episode. But this is something that everyone was discussing on Twitter. And the XRP price chart never fails, my friend. We can look at the past and use it to our advantage. The past is showing us a pretty bullish indicator. But before we get into that, how are you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here. Um, I'm feeling a little bit better, dude. Like I still have kind of a cough and, and a sore throat, but happy to be here with you. You know, um, yeah, dude, any, any time that we get together, I, I know that uh, I'll be on the schedule for a little bit longer, but like in April, I'll be able to transition and be on more like almost every day. And so just looking forward to that, just keep my head down and just doing the research and just trying to find these gems, you know? Absolutely, guys. And if you want a Good Morning Crypto hat, maybe I'll, I'll have something that works for you now. But as of now, this is the only one in existence, guys. But we got 336 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and get ready for an exciting episode today because we're bringing some powerful information, not only in regards to Ripple, but in the crypto market overall. We're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, the market is down once again, pretty much down 6% across the board. We've got Casper up 1%, but the rest of the market is in red. When we check out our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at $1.52 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 50% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 39100 and that's very significant, guys. We've been stating this for quite a while. We know Bitcoin was going to come back below that $39,000 level. So this episode, we're going to be breaking down what we can anticipate next, not only for Bitcoin, but for Ethereum, Solana, and XRP as well. We've got Ethereum sitting at $2,200, uh, Solana's $82, and XRP barely maintaining that $0.51 cent level. And guys, we got 385 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Welcome into my man, Johnny K. We got some exciting news to get into, guys. And I'm not going to keep the people waiting. We're just going to dive right into this price chart. And then I'm going to kick it over to Gonzo for some more specific TA. Because the blockchain backer, while the whole XRP community is pessimistic, Johnny Crypto, the blockchain backer is excited about what we're witnessing. And he's drawing comparisons to what XRP did back in 2017, having a final pullback for a little bit of momentum, and then an inevitable blast off for the XRP price chart. Many of our holders are more bearish than ever. And Gonzo, we're going to kick it to you for some TA. I did just want to read this very short tweet talking about the sentiment of the XRP community because I feel like it really highlights very well 
what we're witnessing right now from the entire crypto market. So this man said, having been in the XRP community for a very long time, I can honestly say that I've never seen so many people in this community so deflated, so frustrated, and so angry. Hopelessness is permeating through these many posts. This is exactly worse. Oh, sorry. This is actually worse than the time that we were in the midst of fighting an SEC lawsuit. The community back then had resolve and determination. We had a goal that united us all. We circled the wagon around the vision that a, that a ripple victory meant we would reach the promised land. Well, that vision of promised land now is getting crushed by the reality of XRP's impotence. That's a good word. And by the wave that it's carrying other altcoins while leaving XRP slowly drowning. And this is in reference to Solana, Chainlink, many of the projects that have moved over the last four months. He said, I'll close this quote out by mentioning, there is defining moments in life when faced with the choice of giving up or carrying on. And I think that's what a lot of people in the XRP community are doing right now, guys. The pessimism, it's ridiculous. Anytime you talk about XRP, the general sentiment in the community is not only that we're going down, this is a stable coin, a crap coin. I'm moving into Doge, guys. I'm going to chase some short-term gains. But Gonzo, we are going to break down the TA for the XRP price chart. So with that being said, I just wanted to give people a little sentiment, a little background about where we are. And then maybe you can give some optimism to the community. Yeah, dude. So basically what we're seeing is a capitulation event, which is really good. For me, it's bullish, right? And they've all had it, right? It depends on what time uh, it happens. But like Solana had it last year, right? It was this capitulation event where everyone thought it was going to zero. And then look what happened. We're seeing the same thing here, right? I've had these levels here for a very, very long time because XRP loves to respect it. We talked about yesterday. It was at 53 cent level. If we weren't coming down, we lost 53 cent support. We we're coming down to this level, which is the 49th sign. You can see what's happening already. We're already bouncing and it worked perfectly, right? So if we come up and get rejected and come down and we lose the support, then we're coming down to this 45 cent level. But overall, like, does it really make a difference between 45, 49? That's a decision that you have to make. But I just drew this trend line before. This is like a momentum trend, right, on the daily. And so what I see is like, we're going to keep ranging. Once we hit this trend line, once we get the breakout, I think this thing's going to move, right? That's why we have it there. It's a momentum thing. But for now, uh, I think what's going to happen is we have to see what happens when we get back up to 53 cents, right? We see what happens with Bitcoin. Bitcoin lost its major trend line. It's kind of bouncing a little bit right now. There's kind of a short squeeze going on where people are short, short, short. So I think that uh, Bitcoin could rally a little bit, which could pull this thing back up and then it's going to roll over, right? We have to wait to see if we're going to retest that 35, 34, 33, 32,000 level, right? I would stagger my orders if that's what you're going to get into, right? Because we could just wick down to 32. It's the same thing with XRP, right? It's a good idea to put buy orders at these support levels. And if they trigger, they trigger. If they don't, they don't. At least you get a piece of it. But <clears throat> I think that we're going to be getting negative price action going into the full moon of February, right? I'm, I'm forgetting what exact date that is. And then we start moving up. Like what Johnny's been talking about in March, we kind of start the recovery where Bitcoin starts to move up and a lot of these projects will start to move up. But the capitulation that the community is feeling, that is actually a bullish sign for me. Which is really exciting, Johnny. And as somebody who's been investing for over, what, three, four, five, six, nine decades now, it's a really interesting time to hear your perspective. <clears throat> and I don't know if you're catching my jokes this morning. First of all, we didn't get a chance to introduce you to the show. How are you feeling this morning, my friend? I do want to focus on this news as well. I want to give you a little insight here. We're going to break down an exciting article about the BIS announcing a CBDC tokenization project and how Ripple, oops, sorry, I just realized I'm not sharing my screen, and how Ripple is involved on the board here. So Ripple's going to have a say in this whole development. I'm excited to break it down. How are you feeling, Johnny? Jobs are feeling great. And, uh, uh, the audio is very low for you. Certainly, certainly. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, let me 
see if I can make that a little bit better. Much better, much better. All right, cool. Yeah, so, uh, no, I certainly haven't been investing for decades in this space, that's for sure. But um, but nonetheless, you were in diapers and decades ago. Let's not forget that. But as, as we continue on here, you know, uh, I, I'm not surprised. I, I kind of expected us to get a pullback here. I thought we'd be going down till the March time frame, and we're kind of seeing that. If anybody thought, you know, we were just going to keep going up, the markets don't work that way. Um, but in terms of this particular chart you're talking about, you know, that's right. The one guy who's been right the whole time calls the tops and the bombs Zachary has been BC Backer. If BC Backer is excited and thinks something's about to happen, you know, there are a lot of very frustrated people in that article that you, you showed there. I see people messaging us all the time saying, oh, I don't know if I can hold on any longer. Listen, if you know what you're holding on, you're going to hold on to XRP. You're not going to want to let it go. And uh, and maybe, you know, maybe our time, our time will, will come. No question about it. Maybe it's going to come sooner. Maybe it'll screw, you know, everybody always sell XRP, pumps hardest, pumps last. You know what? The markets don't like to do what people think it's going to do. The markets do what, what you don't expect it to do. So maybe it'll pump first and it'll pump harder. Who knows? You know, we'll have to wait and see. But certainly right now, it's doing what we all need it to do. It has to do that back test. We got to see if it holds up. And if not, like Andrew said, who gives a shit if you buy it at 45, 49, 41? When it's sitting at three, five, 10, $50, you ain't going to care whether you bought it at 40 or 50 cents. You're just going to care whether you bought it or not. That's the key. One more thing here, Johnny, is the fact that what do we look for in the XRP or, or just in general when investing? When do you know it's a good time to get into the project? Price is low, sentiment is low. It's exactly yeah. what we're seeing here with XRP. So don't talk yourself out of something you've been waiting years on, guys. And this is a video I'm excited to get Johnny <clears throat> on. So Johnny, to begin this episode, I'm going to play a couple videos from Patrick Bet David. And this is what he's describing on his opinion of the, of the crypto community overall. Then we're going to dive into some XRP videos from Pat. Here we go. The crypto community are filled with they think for themselves. Okay. This doesn't mean they're left or right, but they will think for themselves. Right. They don't like control. They don't like authority. They don't like people telling them what to do. They want to be left alone. They don't know. They don't like centralized. They want decentralized. That's the mindset of somebody that can think for themselves. Shout out to Patrick Pet David for witnessing the people in this community. And I want to remind everybody who's not only in the XRP community, but just in crypto in general, Patrick Bet David and John Deaton have already done an interview and they broke down not only the XRP lawsuit, but the state of crypto overall. I'm going to play an 18 second clip here before I kick some questions to Johnny and Gonzo. Here we go. Crypto. If you own Bitcoin, if you own Ethereum, if you own Ripple, if you own anything, you probably want to pay attention to this. And we're aware that a lot of the XRP community is going to be here because there's a cult-like following <laughs> with that community. So thanks for having you on, man. Thank you for thanks having Thanks for me. coming on. It's pretty funny. I will say it's a little bit cult-like over in this community, guys. But we got 583 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, what's your reaction before we play the specifics of the Patrick Bet David videos? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, you can't can't disagree with him there is definitely a, a strong <laughs> following cult like as he likes to call it with xrp i think the community just believes in the technology believes in the real world solve solutions and they and they believe for a while they've been here for a long time you know this narrative has been out since 2017 so if you're still holding kudos to you man that's seven years that's a long time to be holding a holding a technology that really hasn't met your expectation but if you're holding it means you believe you understand the technology you understand what you're holding. And so I think from that perspective, you know, but I like how he kind of outlined the, the crypto investor, right? He kind of told you what they're looking for and how they're feeling about being decentralized and not wanting to have control and all that. 
And that kind of certainly, I think, tells you a little bit of the insight of, of, of how the how that investor thinks and where they're going, the independence that they're looking for. So we'll have to see how, again, how it plays out. But I think that we're sitting on a technology that, you know, it can be it can be leveraged in multiple places. Gonzo, I just want I can kick it to you at the beginning of this video, but I want to get your uh, thoughts on those two clips. Anything stuck out to you? No, I mean, look, unfortunately, this is an attention market, right? And so what we need is attention. The reason XRP did so well is that cross-border payments narrative that has now kind of faded out. It's just not sexy, right? Like when we see these partnerships and we see what's going on, like it's just not sexy. But like I'm telling you, I believe in my opinion, the trigger will be the documentary on Netflix that'll bring attention to the project or Ripple announcing some type of IPO, even if they don't do the IPO, just the narrative alone, right? It's the same thing. If you didn't notice already, look at the Bitcoin trade, right? It, it, it was a sell the news event, right? So it was the narrative leading up to it. It'll be the same thing with the ETH uh, narrative, right? It doesn't even matter whether they approve the spot ETF in May or not. It's the story. It's the narrative that they're going to tell that's going to get people to pile into Ethereum as it runs up and then becomes a sell the news event, right? So we just need attention. I think it's going to come. You know, we've been saying 2024. Waters Above has been saying 2024 for a very long time. And so now you just have to sit back and just be patient. And guys, we are in 2024, so don't talk yourself out of something now. If you've been here six or seven years and we pump to a dollar and you dump your bags, it's just one of those situations where I don't want to speak for the group here, but typically when you sit in something for seven years and then you sell it, that's when it finally goes up. And I know everybody's had that experience, guys. But Johnny, I'm going to kick it straight to you after this groundbreaking clip from Patrick Bet David and a $3 billion man discussing how he owns $80,000 worth of cryptocurrency, but only because his financial advisor told him to. So we're going to discuss it. Here we go. Uh, he's the crypto guy. He's the crypto guy. Yeah. yeah. I take a cop out on crypto. I, they say, if you don't understand crypto, that means you're old. I'm 78. I don't understand crypto. I don't want to say it's a fraud. I think blockchain technology is for real. I don't understand crypto. I, I got a couple million bucks with a money manager. He has a 4% position. So I got $80,000 in crypto. You got eighty thousand dollars in crypto. Yeah, that's what. So you, that's two bitcoins, yeah. give or take. Yeah. So, <laughs> two and a half million dollars. Yeah, I, 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 I know two bitcoins. I know nothing about it. I don't. So I just want to pause it, Johnny. First of all, for copyright purposes, but second of all, to point out the fact that if a man as smart as this guy, worth three billion dollars, still doesn't understand Bitcoin, and he's taking the cop out, I'm seventy-seven years old. Just shows how early we are. Smartest players are yet to come around, and we're witnessing it now. Any quick comments before I play this clip? Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that also the boomers, right? Obviously, he's clearly a boomer. Uh, yeah, she might be a pre-boomer. <laughs> but the reality is that, you know, that we've been saying this for a while on this show. Cryptocurrencies, this technology, this space is not something a lot of people can wrap their head around. Just the way when Bezos went around trying to get people to invest in Amazon, the very first question he got was, what's the internet? Ask people now what the internet is. They all know what the freaking internet is now, right? But nobody knew back then. It was confusing. And you you only had, you know, people who kind of were ahead of the game or people who are open-minded who could understand technology that were there. It's the same thing. Cryptocurrency, blockchain, it's the same thing. Right now, there is a very small group of people that kind of get it, who understand it. The rest of the world has no clue what it is. But 20 years from now, ask people what a cryptocurrency is or a blockchain. Everybody's going to know what it is. 20 years from now, it's going to be a completely different space. Um, guys like this are just lucky that they haven't, you know, they don't even care. They got $3 billion, but he's just lucky as he has, he has financial advisors that's going to say, hey, put a little bit of your holdings here. And boy, he did. He just put a little tiny bit, 80,000 of his peanuts on a $3 billion account. But, uh, but for the rest of the world, 
for us, for folks who are in early, you have a chance really to create some generational wealth here. Abs is very, very exciting. Absolutely, Johnny. And one other thing I want to point out is think about this. When you make $3 billion, it's not about gaining wealth. It's about the preservation of wealth. So the, the scales totally flip. And I think that's why people like him are risk averse and not willing to go and say, I'm going to put my wealth in Bitcoin because to them, it seems like a risky opportunity with a bunch of upside, but he's playing a different game where he needs to preserve his $3 billion, not turn it into a hundred billion. We got 653 live listeners joining us. Thank you for being here. Show us some love, smash that like button. Here's the debate. Why should anybody hold cryptocurrency? Patrick, but David explains. I have an intelligent view. I know smart people on both sides. So me, me too. And I'm, and I'm, uh, uh, I own a, pos I have a, a position in Bitcoin and Ethereum. But I'm, I, a person wouldn't call me like, oh, this guy's a, you know, full on. But I have Michael Saylor here the other day. And smart guy. He's yeah. like a very smart guy. Well, you said education. I said, so why are you doing these things? This is only one reason. I got to educate people. I got to educate people about, about, about why Bitcoin makes sense. The one part that uh, more and more I think about it, more and more I think about what's going on is. When, when what took place with Ukraine and uh, Russia, what's going on right now over there, right? Or what happened with Canada, the whole truckers, what they were doing. They can shut down your checking account if they wanted to. They can shut down your credit cards. They can shut down access to a lot of that stuff. I can't send gold to you, my family in Iran, and say, hey, you're going through tough times? Here, in 30 seconds, I'm going to send you gold. I can't send that. If, if the direction of how exchange can take place, the blockchain technology, as well as Bitcoin or Ethereum, that's making more and more sense for the younger audience. And some of the older guys are starting to say, maybe, maybe this does make sense. But Charlie Munger came out. And which Rat poison. Yeah, he called it rat poison. It's what he, yeah, he can he say does, whatever he wants. He, he did not say good things about uh, uh, yeah. Bitcoin. I would be more aligned with him. But the truth is, I've learned over the years, you speak about things you know something about. I, I don't know enough about it. Charlie's a very bright guy, uh, and uh, he speaks his mind. Uh, Jimmy Diamond has said things about it. Uh, Warren Buffett has said things about it. I don't. I don't think it's in the interest of the U.S. dollar to uh, the U.S. country to promote an alternative currency. Um, but it may emerge on its own. Who knows? Do you have control over that? That's free market, no, though, no, right? The yeah. market decides. I think they've missed their chance. There's trillions of dollars now held in this stuff, so that they outlaw it. They'll just tax it to death. That's all. So. They'll, they'll basically have adverse taxes on uh, Bitcoin. If you enjoyed the First of all, I'm going to address that final comment before I kick it to Gonzo. I don't think that's possible for one reason in particular. We're going to show you a couple articles later in this episode, but there's already jurisdictions like Dubai that are setting up zero tax policies for crypto investors. Why would somebody run their company in the U.S. if you're going to get taxed at 40% when I can just buy a building in Dubai, run the same operation and get taxed at zero that's the game that these, these billionaire Americans often forget is that this is now a global market. Having an office in Dubai or having an office in Ireland isn't as big of a deal as it was in the 70s. Private jets, iPhones, Zoom calls, the world is synonymous now. Everybody can instantly communicate. This is about where can you make the most money? And I think the U.S. is quickly falling behind. But I don't want to derail the conversation, Gonzo. You let me know your reaction to those thoughts and we'll kick it to Johnny. Yeah, well, look, at least he has enough of an open mind that he lets the financial advisor put a certain percentage into crypto, right? They didn't say which cryptos, but most boomers are totally adverse. And if you see like the narrative that he's repeating, it's Charlie Munger's narrative that talks about like the competition with the dollar. What they fail to see is that it enhances the dollar, right? The solution for like the de-dollarization and all the things that are going on is right in front of them, right? But because they fear technology, they're just trying to stomp, stomp it down, right? But that's just not going to happen. 
But if they open their eyes and they'd see, they could supplement the dollar, right? That's what XRP is trying to do in other blockchain technologies. It's not trying to like replace it, right? And so, but you're going to continue to see these narratives, you know, as these guys get older and as they die out, right? And their wealth gets transferred to the younger generations. Um, you know, you're going to see a whole switch in how investments are done, right? That's why ARK BlackRock is doing what they're doing because they're trying to get ahead of the curve while companies like Vanguard that aren't, you know, going to hold the spot ETF or, or, or offer it to his customers are going to fall by the wayside, right? Um, and so we're seeing a transition in that, right? It's just going to take time. Johnny Crypto, there's a lot that was said in that clip, but you addressed it earlier. The baby boomers may be playing a different game here. Not even that they don't understand the technology, but they are playing a protection of wealth as opposed to someone like me who's like, what's on the forefront? How can I maximize my wealth over these next 10 years? Somebody like Charlie Munger or somebody like the $3 billion man in that interview, they don't care about uh, multiplying their $3 billion. They care about beating inflation and the preservation of wealth. So it's a little bit of a different game. And I think, and I'm just realizing this after watching that interview this morning, that's playing a huge factor in what we're witnessing in the USA. We often think it's traditional banks attacking crypto, and that's a part of it. But I do think there's another part of this where they're playing a preservation of wealth game. We're playing an accumulation of wealth. What do you think, Johnny? Oh, the boomers play preservation of wealth and they play it through gold that's how they do it that's what they do that's where they invest it because they know it's the only safest investment but everybody should go back and watch that interview again watch listen carefully very carefully to the words that the three billion dollar man said you can already hear what the sentiment is of people who are in control he literally told you he literally said they had a chance to kill it and they didn't or they lost it or weren't able to and now they're just going to tax it to death. He's not talking about the companies. It's not what he's talking about. You can't, you, you can't, I kind of disagree with you. You can't go to the bot. You and I, he's talking about you and me, people. The way they're going to kill it is they're just going to tax the shit out of Bitcoin. You want to buy a Bitcoin? You want to sell it? Oh, here's a 50% tax on it. All right. That's what he's talking about. And that's how they'll, that's what he means by that. Um, so, for that perspective, there is no way to stop that. That's they, frustrating. They, they can do that. They really can. And so, you know, we'll see where they end up going with it. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, who cares? Bitcoin sucks. No, no, no. You don't understand. This is a slippery slope. We're not talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about crypto, which means they can come and tax your XRP. They come tax anything they want, right? They can kill it. They can do whatever they want to it. So um, that's the part that you need to look out for to see at the end of the day, if they can't control it, they will tax and regulate this shit out of it. Well, that's why we got to have some elected officials that hopefully have our best interest in mind, not a different corporation, as I like to say. But we got 701 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Here's an interesting topic, Johnny. Donald Trump was once again, and I don't know if I can say that name, so we'll just go by DT from now on. He gave a pretty good speech later uh, earlier this week where he was talking about how he would never allow the, the launch of central bank digital currencies in the USA after a conversation he had with Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, what's so interesting about this, Johnny, is I got to give myself kudos here. I said this when he gave his nomination. Immediately after meeting with Vivek, Trump went on stage and started talking about CBDCs. I said, I really genuinely believe that Vivek was in Donald Trump's ear warning him about the emergence of this new technology. Well, now he's addressing it on a consistent basis. And that's the clip that we're going to play next, guys. But while I switch my audio, I want you to answer the question in the live chat as well. Will we see a CBDC launch in the USA over the next four years. I really want to hear from the live chat on that. But here's DT talking about a CBDC USA. Here we go. 
And this I do for Vivek, because he's very big into it. I happen to agree with him. But he said, could you mention this? I will never. He said, I love Vivek. We, I love him, too, now. I didn't love him when he was running, but I like him now. <laughs> Somebody, when you win, right? <laughs> but Vivek is great. He's really great. But he wanted this, and I'll give him full credit for it. It's very important, actually. I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. There you go. I mean, that that is going to apparently be a narrative we're going to hear more and more about. And, you know, they're drawing attention to it. They're bringing it up. And and watch, because the lines will be drawn. You know, Pocahontas, whatever her name is, Warren already came out and said, you know, hey, these things are great. They're, we're ready for it. Let's go. You know, let's get. She literally said that. We played it on this show. You know, I don't know what it was, three months ago, whatever. She said, oh, no, CBDCs are great. They're wonderful. Play the video. We need to find that one day. Play it back. Like, really quick, Johnny. Really quick. This is an update from yesterday. So, oh. she actually, ironically, she gave another update yesterday. I'm going to kick it straight back to you. Senator Warren said, and she was corrected by the ex, by the ex-community notes, after suggesting that nations are using crypto to avoid sanctions and undermine national security, community notes on Twitter responded by saying this. The U.S. Treasury Department's own February of 2022 National Money Laundering Risk Assessment reports states that fiat is the preferred currency <laughs> for financial crimes. That's why we have thank thank goodness Elon bought uh, X because it wouldn't be like this. The community notes would not be this valid if Elon didn't own the company. Johnny, yeah. I'm making jokes. Floor is yours. No, 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 it's true. It's about time somebody's calling this shit. They're calling out bullshit. They're, they're they got the sniff test. Like, wait a minute. Enough's enough now, all right? You keep sitting there bashing this thing, saying it's bad. We're talking about less than 1% being used for it. So it's about time. You know, like I told you, the problem with that narrative was there was nobody on the other side <laughs> to, to counter it, right? They go on to a certain channel and they just say certain things and nobody's combating it. But you're going to see that now. Because now you got DJT and Vivek and DeSantis, all three of them who said, no freaking way we're seeing a CBC on my watch, right? That's what those guys said. So the interesting thing is you're 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 gonna see more and more about it. It's gonna bring more and more tech because most of the people go ask your grandmother, go ask your mom, go ask your best friend if he knows what a CBDC is. He's not gonna have a freaking clue. He's gonna think it's a Walmart, he's gonna think it's a store down the street. He's not gonna know what it is, or she's not gonna know what it is, right? Now, but a year from now, year and a half, these guys keep talking about it on the trail for the rest of the year. People are going to start to know, oh, hey, what is that thing? What does it do? Uh, and then you're going to have two sides of the story because she's going to be out there saying things wonderful. It's the best thing since sliced bread. And you got Trump and DeSantis are going to say, no, 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 you don't want that thing. And so it, you are going to start to see more awareness around the whole crypto space, I think, in general as a whole. And that's going to start to drive some of the masses into this space. Now, what's great here is we're already here. We're positioned. We're sitting. We're ready to go. The car is started. The engine's warm. We did. Well, actually, we're sitting in the rocket, right? They got the, the seatbelts on. We're strapped up. We're ready to take off. We're just waiting, man. It's just, it's all come. Yeah, there it is right there. The blue line. It's all ready to come in the next probably year, year and a half. It's going to be very, very exciting, 24 and 25. Gonzo, floor is yours. What was your reaction to this news? You know, it definitely looks like it's starting to divide down political lines, right, with the left and the right, pro-CBDC, and then again, CBDC. 
But bottom line is this, is like no one is coming here to save you. Coach JV talks about this all the time. You need to save yourself, right? You need to do your research. You need to look into these projects. You need to look into what hard money is, what sound money is, right? And then make a decision for yourself into what of these assets matches that the best, right? And then you need to look at like what happens with the liquidity cycle and, and what's going to happen when the, the Fed starts cutting rates, what happens with risk assets, right? That's what we've all been waiting for. And then position yourself so that you know you can make the most amount of profit so that you can go to where you're treated the best and if that's here that's great and if that's somewhere else and you have the opportunity to be like people that are fluid and go to other places then you can do that right but no one is coming to save you you need to save yourself and here's something else that I've, i wanted to get your thoughts on gonzo because we're talking about how the bitcoin etf is a buy the rumor sell the news situation well after doing some research basically 100 percent of global dumping from bitcoin is coming from Grayscale and it's coming from the GBTC fund. Yeah. They've dumped over three and a half billion dollars worth of Bitcoin since the launch of these ETF products, while the rest of the market has purchased $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. So despite all this selling, all the selling that Grayscale yeah. is doing on the open market, we are still net positive with an inflow of about 700 million. This selling will stop. And Gonzo, I know you can provide insight. So open floor. Floor is yours. Yeah. So it's the whole conversion thing, right? Where they're converting, you know, G, uh, Grayscale, I think, was banking. That's why they charge people so much with the fee. Because I believe that they thought that they were going to be able to keep people because people didn't want to create a taxable event and sell their Bitcoin. Well, that whole thing, that whole game of chicken is playing out, right? But eventually what's going to happen is that's going to stabilize and then go away. And then we'll just have the buy pressure. So look, whether it's that that's causing it, or you just look at the simple TA, we were due for a correction. The RSIs are starting to reset. And so this is not going to be forever. So this is going to be the time for opportunities, the dollar cost average into your favor, all coins, and then ride them up. I've said this before, right? Like at this phase in the market, you know, it's very forgiving, right? So if you buy and it goes down a little bit lower, you're okay because it's going to come right back up. As opposed to as you buy later on in the year, when we start pumping really hard, that's less forgiving. When you buy, you might be buying the top, right? And so not financial advice, but what I think we're doing as a team is on these really red days, we stagger our buys and we dollar cost average into our favorite narratives, which for me, it's decentralized physical infrastructure, D-PIN, that's Render, Link, right? Akash. Or crypto gaming, which is like IMX and all the other projects that go into that. And Johnny, I do have an interview with Patrick at David later in the show we're going to play where he talks about how NFTs, they came and went, but 5% of these projects are here to stay. And I just broke down what's happening with Bitcoin. A lot of people are wondering, why is it dumping? Buy the rumor, sell the news. Gonzo just told you they are converting their futures product into a spot product, which means they have to dump on the open market. Am I correct, Gonzo, in saying that? Yeah, what happened was the GPTC product had that Bitcoin that was never accessible to them, right? It was a very inefficient way to trade it. Now that they're converting it, those people have access. Some of those people have been holding that product for a long time. So they're in big amounts of profit, right? So they're starting to sell off. They're selling off. And it takes about two days to, to, um, to not to finalize, but to, to kind of close it out. Yeah. So everything that we're being sold today is two days ago, right? So when you see that they're talking about wallet addresses where Bitcoin's being moved into the wallet address, into the exchanges, that moment happened from last week, right? It takes about two days to settle. That's the word I was looking for. So you just got to pay attention to those wallets and that narrative. Um, and yeah. we'll see when they stop kind of flowing the Bitcoin. Johnny, take the floor because we are getting some audio issues with Gonzo. I just want to get some thoughts and we're going to move on. 
Yeah, let's. I mean, look at our chat. Just look at our chat. You should see all the negative sentiment right now in Bitcoin. Like everybody's bashing. Everybody thinks it's going to twenty k or zero k or ten k. I mean, that's exactly when that sentiment becomes throughout everybody, the whole entire community. That's when the bottom will hit. You'll see what the bottom is. Bitcoin's not going to zero. Sorry, guys. I know you all want it to go to zero. It's not going to happen. It'll 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 bottom out somewhere. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know where the bottom is. That's not what I do. I don't know. I just told you, Abs. I knew we'd be going down. I always thought we'd be heading down in, until until March. I still think we got a ways to go. Um, you know, February end of February, March's time frame, something like that. So the reality is, yeah, you, if you're going to play in this space, you got to know how it works, and you got to have some money set aside. And hopefully, people had an exit plan. We tried to tell you to have an exit plan. I had an exit plan. I took some profits in this past pump. And now that money's sitting there on the side. And I'm just waiting for us to bottom out in February or March timeframe. And that's where you come back in and you and you buy into the areas that you like. You know, whether it's Bitcoin at 10 or 20K if we get there. Or, you know, as Gonza talked about, infrastructure. For me, I personally love the gaming space. Like the gaming sector hasn't really had a real good pump in a while. Uh, so I think that's going to be a big narrative. I think the AI is going to be a big narrative. So these are areas, guys, I'm telling you right now, do your research out there. It's very simple. Go to CoinMarketCap, click on the categories at the top, and you can search by segment. You can search by gaming. You can search by, search by smart contracts, search by AI, and you'll see that all the coins in there, the top ones all the way down. And that's how you can start. Start looking at that aspect of, hey, what are the top five in here? And what are some of the low market caps here that maybe have some big names or big things behind it that will make for a great narrative? Because that's what it's all about. It's about drawing, you know, the story needs to be good. So the money will go there and drive it up, right? Absolutely. That's, that's what it, we're looking for. And you know what's interesting, Johnny, is like people are asking in the live chat right now, they're saying, should I buy now or should I dollar cost average? We, we believe, and this is never financial advice, guys, never chase a buy. You can't, you can't grab a falling knife. What you should always be doing is taking a longer-term approach. Johnny's reiterated it a couple of times, and this is with love and respect to anybody who's asking that question. His belief is that we're going down for another 40 days, right? So if, if that's what Johnny's telling you, why would you buy it now? That's, exactly. just, my, that's just my question. But it, 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 Yeah, and I just want to build right there. So, so just because Johnny thinks that doesn't mean Johnny's right, and you shouldn't do what Johnny does. Yeah, I agree. Johnny's yeah. got a theory, right? Johnny thinks it's going to go down. So you're right. I'm not going to buy right now because I think it's going down a little bit more. Now, I don't know where the bottom is, right? But if I feel like I see enough big of a drop, I look at it and maybe I start to see things hitting a resistance level. I may say like, oh, you know what? Let me take – this is important, Abs. As you're buying into – as you're DCing in, you don't DCA with everything you have. You, you DCA with a little piece. So you may take 10% or 10%. Let me grab a little bit right here. Because the mind, the way my mind works is I'm looking at it and saying, okay, we're going down. I don't know how far down it's going to go. But when we get down to the point where I think there's, a, you know, the range where it feels comfortable for me personally, and you all need to have that comfort zone, that's where you say, okay, let me pick a little bit up here, 10%. And then if it goes down a little bit more, you pick up another 10 or 20%. And it goes down a little bit more, you pick up a little more. And then it starts to go back up. You might pay a little bit more. And then it goes up higher. At a certain point, you say, okay, I, you know, I'm in and that's it. But that's the way... You, you, you're not going to get the bottom. So you just try to pick ways along the way down and scoop a little bit along the way based on what you believe is going to happen. And that's the hard part. What's going to happen? Well, none of us know. So you have to have a theory. 
and then you have to kind of stick to it. And, you know, if you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Absolutely, guys. And I agree with this comment from Curtis Hill right here. Johnny's got the words. The man man works magic with his analogies, guys. And we got 791 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, this is something I know you're going to be interested in. Patrick Beck David talking about how crypto's narrative driven and an NFT narrative will arise once again. Here we go. A couple of guys made $90 million. But the people that bought their stuff lost $89 million. Mm -hmm. But they got their money. There's a lot of guys that made the money in NFTs. But... It was a gamble for everybody. And everybody's like, oh, my God, but I believe it. And all this other stuff. Okay, great. That's pretty crazy. You know, what about this? And what about that? Now, does that mean NFTs are going away? Absolutely not. My kids still buy stuff on Roblox and skins and all that. There's an element of it that is not going to go away. Guaranteed. Is there 95% of NFTs that are not coming back? Yes, probably. Some of them are going to be gone. Again, my opinion. I, I have interest in... That's the majority of the clip, Johnny. I'm going to give you the open. I'm going to give Gonzo the open floor. But one of the things that stuck out to me, Gonzo, is that crypto is always driven by narratives and every single cycle an NFT narrative arises. At least that's what history tells us. Floor is yours. Yeah, NFTs are absolutely not going anywhere. If you look, we were bottoming out about the time, uh, you know, I think it was at the beginning of the year uh, of last year, right? When the influencers were kind of going at each other and like that was kind of the bottom, right? Like you could tell that was the bottom structure. But like NFTs, look, they're way down the risk curve. But like when they're based on Ethereum or Solana or whatever it's based on, you're making the gains of the project. Plus, you're making the gains of the actual Ethereum of Soul as the price action goes up. Right. And so if you're very risky, then you get into these projects. Right. Like Neo Tokyo. I think the real use case and fit for it is in crypto gaming. Right. Like what he was talking about skins, characters. Right. Being able to play and, and this year a lot of those games are finally being released like on imx on polygon right we, we like shrapnel all those different games um are coming out with their new tokenomics because the tokenomics of the past just didn't work right so these guys have been sitting building this whole bear market trying to restructure the tokenomics and we'll see how it goes right i think these projects are going to do extremely well but when we get to the end of the cycle we have to kind of take stock to see where we're at if you're going to hold these projects I doubt it, right? I think you're, you're going to probably sell out most of it. You keep a little unless there's a blow off top. And then, you know, it comes all the way back down in the bear market. And then you see if you want to deploy again, right? But they're very, very speculative. Same thing with NFTs, right? At the peak, you want to pull profits or sell whatever you're going to do. And then, you know, you keep your profits. You know, abs, you know, people need to, in their minds, you have to be able to separate in your head NFT from monkey pictures, Okay. And that's the problem right now. When you say NFT, most people think crazy apes and lions and all these other, you know, shapes and images and photos. Okay. Because that's what NFTs were kind of sold as, or, you know, uh, what's the word um, synonymous with. So back in 2020, you know, it was all about which car 2020 was all, which, you know, crazy monkey ape uh, picture did you buy and how much you paid for it. Okay. And that's all it was. And it was a complete scam. 90% was scam. All fake, you know, utility. Oh, you get access to this, you get that, blah, 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 this and that. And all they did was they were just, they were literally NFT, those types of NFT projects, those funk, those are all unregistered securities, all of them. It was always, you know, they promised you a return, they sold you something, and they were unregistered securities, and a lot of people went down for them. And most sucker, you know, most people unfortunately lost their money in it, and, and they're not getting their money back. Now, that's one thing. NFT, 
the actual non-fungible token is what NFT stands for. That whole piece of it is a different whole game. That is a digital license. Okay, that's going to absolutely, it's going to be here. It's going to be the underlying foundation of tokenization. It's not going anywhere. No freaking way. In fact, it will be probably, you're all going to, they'll probably even change the name someday because, you know, people don't understand it. But that is that is the underlying technology that, that allows this thing, everything to be tokenized. So, Johnny, here's something else that we, we got to talk about. Jamie Dimon has been a longtime critic of Bitcoin. Well, today, this young man right here, Jack Myers, I believe his name is, and he's the Strike CEO. This is a marketing guy. They use this guy on CNBC. They use this guy on a lot of big social media platforms as well to go out and promote Bitcoin. But these were two quotes. This just came in while we were on air. He said, I think crypto is a load of garbage, said Strike CEO Jack Myers. I think it's generally a distraction from what this technology is and this movement represents and is here to change. So again, like these, these Bitcoin guys... They're they're on something. I don't know what he's talking about here. There's plenty. I, of, go ahead. Frank, I was just going to add something as far as the NFTs. You could already see what's going on. Pay attention to flow, right? With the Super Bowl just around the corner, they're doing the ticket as an NFT built on top of the flow blockchain. There, you go. there are other ones, right? With the 49ers maybe making it to the Super Bowl, right? They have a partnership with Amino Acid Rewards, right? Amino Rewards. I said Amino Acid, but it's Amino Rewards, right? So those projects are going to get attention. There are a lot of like NFT kind of ticketing right projects that are going to get like attention as we go into because they're going to talk about the collectible side of it right collectibles and then like the other use case that we have is crypto gaming but with the super bowl and betting and all that stuff coming around pay attention to that yeah i actually you mentioned one of my favorite i've been seeing it for years on the show i love flow owned by dapper labs big 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 money behind it being able to NFT also part of the whole, uh, you know, NBA thing. So flow is one of those where, you know, there's definitely, I think some value there, but these guys here, I mean, listen, there's always going to be this argument between the value of crypto and blockchain technology. And that, and that's what, that's what he's talking about. He's, they're not saying, but cause Jamie diamond doesn't say blockchains are bad. He tells you all the time. The technology is wonderful. Loves it. He just thinks crypto is horrible. He hates crypto part of, of the whole blockchain. But, you know, you have to understand the crypto piece of it was designed to provide an incentive to run the decentralized networks. And and what why these guys are saying it's useless is because a lot of them are going to go and create, like Jamie Dimon did, their own private blockchain. If you have your own private blockchain, well, you don't necessarily need an incentive to run it because you already set up all the networks. It's a very, very different game. And so the question is going to be, how does this whole thing play out? What is the role? of cryptocurrency in the long run well it all depends on which ones of these things stay um stay decentralized because if it's decentralized then the cryptocurrency needs to be there if it's privatized you don't necessarily need it so that that's that's the next battle that's coming and we'll see how that whole thing plays out and here's an update from the sec guys and i just want to give my thoughts on that jack meyer stuff they he is like the equivalent of our generation's jim kramer Without without the <laughs> without the bearish without the bearishness behind it, this is a guy that they roll out like very strategically. He always comes out during these specific moments in the price chart where Jack Myers is now on CNBC telling you that Bitcoin's going to a billion or that is going to zero or that these other currencies are going to zero. This is just another controlled marketing guy. And Jack, if you got you know any any disagreements with my opinion, I would love to hear back from him because that would be awesome. But at the end of the day, I do think he's a Bitcoin maximalist in his perspective. If he's putting statements like out like that out there for the mainstream media, very narrow-minded. 
right? The whole point of us doing this program is to share the right perspective. I think they're playing a different game. I think they're leading people in a different direction, more so where they want them to go as opposed to what's correct in the end. But we got 770 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And you know what? I just realized we'll come back to the SEC news because the Gemini news is what everyone needs to hear about. Uh, Yesterday, Gemini hyped this thing up like you wouldn't believe at Gonzo and Johnny Crypto. They told us something big is on the horizon, exciting times ahead. Well, the XRP announcement came out at 12.30 a.m. this morning, and here's what it was, guys. The riddle answer, XRP perpetual contracts coming soon to Gemini. Gemini Derivatives empowers users to leverage crypto assets, manage risk, and explore directional exposure within a secure platform. Perpetual contracts are live with futures and options trading on the horizon coming soon. What a nothing burger. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I was it's not a nothing burger because it's exciting for, for a couple different perspectives, right? Obviously, it's a US exchange offering derivatives on for XRP. That's new. That's something we haven't seen before. But the way they hyped it up, they led us to this moment to believe it's a nothing burger. If they have said we got some exciting news for XRP or we got another update coming soon, and then they made this announcement, I think people would be happy. But to give the conspiracy theorists the gasoline, the leg room to get going and talk about ETFs and regulatory approval in France and all this other stuff. I mean, that's why I love crypto, Johnny. But at the end of the day, I feel like they were a little bit misleading here. Let's start with you. We'll kick it straight to Gonzo. What are your thoughts? I don't know if you remember about a year ago, there was all this hype around Stellar. Big announcement coming for Stellar. Guys, get ready. Put your seatbelts on. This is going to be great. And the announcement was, hey, we updated our website. I mean, so... <laughs> it was more, it wasn't even, you can't even call it a nothing burger. What's less than a nothing burger? There's got to be something lower than that. Because it was even lower than a nothing burger. And so the reality is, that's how the world works. We've been trying to tell you this all the time. Gonzo says, it, you know, attention market. This is what it is. It's all about narratives. It's, it's all about, and this is why everybody's, you know, why, why is the XRP pumping? Well, it's got a narrative that's seven freaking years old. Everybody's tired of it. Ain't done shit, right? That's what, that's what it is. So the question is, you know, what's the narrative? Get people excited. Get all pumped up. And then, you know, they let you down. But that's just unfortunately how the world works. And in the meantime, while they're pumping you up, right, while they're getting everybody excited with these with these rumors and stuff, that's when, you know, the smart money is typically, you know, Get, getting ready to get out once the news comes. That's just how it works. Gonzo, floor is yours. What was your reaction to the news? You know, I think sometimes we tend to overestimate the short term and then underestimate the long term, right? Um, I believe that leverage trading is going away and the future is options trading. You already see it on Deribit and some of the other exchanges. I think that's the future. It's going to be options. You know, if you have a big portfolio, um, I think buying short options is, is a good way to counterbalance if you think that you know Bitcoin is going to drop and you can counter that with some options. But um, I have to do more research on what this actually means because if they're trying to get a futures product approved, that's really key, right? Because that's really what the case law with Grayscale is all about, right? It's that getting the futures product approved, then they can't deny the spot product. So I'm not sure if this is the same thing. I have to do more research. But if it is, like that's really the key to getting a spot ETF, if that's what people want. They're going to need a futures product first. But as far as like the uh, options trading and all that, I believe that's where we're going. It's just a matter of, a, of I think, a few years before um, all leverage trading probably goes away as we get regulation and stuff like that. And then you're just going to be left with kind of options trading. 
Johnny, one of our live chat questioners or one of our live chat listeners answered answered your question. They said, "What's worse than a nothing burger? A Gemini burger." That's <laughs> 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 just a joke. But Gonzo makes a really good point. This is a step in the right direction for the reason he outlined. I was a little bit more narrow minded in my focus because I took it as, "What does it do for us right now?" Gonzo says it's a step in the right direction towards ETF products being approved in the USA, and this is what the Grayscale case is debating right now. So. You're right. You know what? Shout out to Gonzo. That's why we bring him on. Great perspective. I'd like to hear Johnny's perspective as well. Yeah, I mean, certainly we've seen that there's always future products ahead to kind of front run the uh, the spot ETF. And, and, you know, listen, at the end of the day, I think everybody knows that we're getting one. It's only a matter of time before you see a basket of these things all over the place. The, the reality is Gemini was hurting. They took a big beating and they needed some kind of news. They needed some kind of excitement to bring some people back to their platform. Well, what other platform and what other technology or what other coin to use than XRP and in, in, in going and driving to that cult, you know, following that they can draw some people over. Right. And I think that's what it was all about. I literally feel they are, they're in a lot of trouble. They're hurting. So I think that helps bring them, you know, bring some in for them, for them, at least to try to attract some new users. Guys, speaking of a lot of trouble and hurting, we're going to break down an SEC article next because not only was their Twitter hacked, but their excuse, we're going to have to ask the live chat, what's your perspective on this excuse? But anybody who remembers on January 9th of 2024, just a couple hours before an ETF was approved in the USA, the SEC's Twitter account was compromised and an unauthorized tweet was posted. The SEC has not approved the listing and the trading of a spot Bitcoin ETF traded products. This caused $6 billion in liquidations, Gonzo. Well, let's get to the crux of the issue here. What happened with the SEC's account and how was a hacker able to get inside? Well, this is confirmation from the SEC. The breach involved a SIM swap with an unauthorized party gaining access via the telecom barrier. Oh, man. Hold on. Via the telecom barrier. The 2FA was disabled for nearly six months prior to the breach on the Twitter. And despite the MFA being initially enabled, it was disabled due to access issues on July of 2023. So Gonzo, they were riding blind here for a couple months. They were going not only without a 2FA, but a SIM card swap. I feel like this is a throwback to 95. What was your perspective from this news? Yeah, you know, it's what's interesting is if it was a SIM swap, right? And they, they basically threw the cell provider, cell phone provider, right? Uh, under the bus and it was a, a, a problem with them. Um, it seemed like they had the 2FA, what they say, right? And then because, you know, depending on who's got access and posting, it's a problem, right? Because you have to have the right code. You have to have it synced on your phone. So I don't know, because they seem like they got to control the account pretty quickly. And a lot of people, I don't know a lot about SIM swaps and things like that, but a lot of people on Twitter are saying or on X saying that, um, you know, it's still suspicious because they wouldn't have gotten control of the account so quickly on a SIM swap. I don't know. All I know is that it's manipulation and whether it's this manipulation or sell the news event or whatever, this market is always being manipulated. And so you always have to be prepared. Johnny, you know, I can't stand for the slander. This is fake news right here. Abs is the new Johnny with the phone. My phone has never gone off on Good Morning Crypto. That was XRP calling Johnny, letting him know when to put in his limit orders on Gemini. Of That's course, right. if anybody's new to the program, first of all, can you mute that thing? With I did. And second of all, if anyone's new to the program, we are crypto first, comedy second. We got to bring a little comedy to these topics because at the end of the day, this is what it's all about. We're supposed to have fun. We're supposed to debate this stuff, but don't take yourself too seriously. Am I right, guys? And this is an article I was uh, excited to break down later in the episode. Gonzo, we'll start with you on this one because the BIS is announcing a CBDC and tokenization project for 2024. The Bank of International Settlements 
will launch a program featuring six new projects exploring the issues of cybersecurity, fighting financial crime, CBDCs, and green finance. And this is another narrative that was huge in 2021, but has fallen back a little bit recently. And uh, Johnny, you remember how big the, the green narrative was, carbon emissions, all that stuff. That's yep. kind of taken a backseat. And I'm pretty happy that those narratives are falling behind right now. Um, oh, don't worry, Abs. They'll be bringing them back. They ain't, they ain't gone. You know, give me okay, give me some thoughts before we dive into it. Do you think that's something that's going to come back for the crypto market? Are we going to see people focus on carbon emissions and green projects in this cycle? 100%. No doubt about it. Once the excitement comes back about Bitcoin, we get to having and we start going into the bull run. There's no question about it. You're going to hear all the well, what do you, if you remember that's what killed Bitcoin the last time. As they said, "Oh, you know, you know, uh, Elon, your boy Elon came out after first, he said he was going to use it to buy Teslas. He changed his mind three weeks later and said, oh, it's not green enough. And then they used that narrative to kill it. So why, why would they not use the same playbook again? No, you're not. The, you haven't heard the end of the green story. Believe me, <laughs> that carbon emissions, you're going to just hear more and more and more of that. You even see a commercial on TV all the time. All oh, by 2050, the world's going to be carbon free. It's all the, Yeah, no, it's not going away. You're going to you're only going to hear more once more the masses come in. Because they're going to have to use it to beat down Bitcoin, and that's how they're going to do it. Johnny, yeah, you know, um, oh, I was just going to say, you know, where the pivot happened is when BlackRock and Larry Fink, like, remember, they were real big on ESG, right? That was a narrative. But I think they saw that they couldn't make as much money um, than in, like, the Bitcoin spot ETF, right? So I think they switched their narrative. Will it come back? I think if it makes a comeback, they're going to have to find a way to incorporate Bitcoin, right? And instead of focusing on that Bitcoin is bad for the environment, they're going to pivot and talk about how it's good for the environment, how they use uh, reusables, right? How they redo all of the infrastructure around the city where they have Bitcoin mining. They're, they're going to they're going to pivot, right? There, there has to be if they have to come back because what they realize is it wasn't a moneymaker, right? And that there is no infrastructure to support that. So I'm, like they probably need to put it on the back seat or it's going to come back in a new version of it, right? And I think I wouldn't be surprised if it includes uh, Bitcoin somewhere or Bitcoin mining on the opposite side of the conversation. And here's another update, guys, because we talk about Hopium in the XRP community very often, but there's a common saying in stocks, there's a common saying in trading where it says, the longer the base, the higher in space. Well, XRP is either going to have the longest space shot we've seen in crypto history, or that analogy is going to have to be thrown out the window here, Johnny. This is something I found this morning pretty interesting. A 2018 update from Bill Hinman. He went on to CNBC right after he gave his Ethereum free pass speech in 2018. At the time, Bitcoin was $6,650. Ethereum was $519. XRP was 56 cents. <laughs> you heard that correctly, guys. It was higher in price in 2018 than it is sitting here in January of 2024. Mm -hmm. And just to add to the stats, We've Bitcoin's done a six X, Ethereum's done a four and a half X, XRP. I'm gonna do a little back of the napkin math here, down about 12% since 2016. So the frustration's justified. I'm not gonna pretend like, oh, these people are crazy for being frustrated. The numbers speak for themselves. But what do you think, Johnny? What is the let's not be let's not crush the people's hope. Like, what is the perspective here that that is realistic but also optimistic? Is there any positive to this fact that in six years, we are down 12% while other projects are up 5, 6x? Well, if you want the positive side of it is be happy that it's not already 4, 5, 6x because you have a chance to gain that 4, 5, or 6x. If it already is 6 or 7x, 
then the probability of it going even higher is lower, right? So the reality is it hasn't done nothing. It's sitting the same place it was, like I said, when the narrative first came out. And so the question is now, what is going to be the new narrative to bring excitement, to bring money flow back into I mean, this is bottom line. It's simple. It's just supply and demand. It needs attention. It needs money. It needs money to come into it. People have to believe there's something here to go in and, and buy it. And so that's the bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah, that's funny. That's a good one. Right Shout there. out to Alchemist. This man yeah. is yeah, yeah, that's good. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that is good. The longer the base, the higher the disgrace. You know, that's fine. But all that's going to go away and all this negative sentiment will go away if we see a 3 or $4 you know, XRP in the next bull run or, or even higher, which which I'm expecting. I think we're all expecting higher. I, definitely we're all expecting to test all-time highs. And I think some of us believe we're going to go past it. And so if we get there, everybody's going to be happier than the pig and shit, right? So we're that's what we're waiting to see. But this is that's the way I take it. Look at it this way. You haven't missed an opportunity. You've missed Bitcoin. You've missed Ethereum. But you haven't missed XRP from that perspective. There's still some upside, a great deal of upside potential in it. And that's uh, that's how I'm looking at it. Here's the reality, Gonzo. Johnny makes a great point. For example, with Bitcoin, if Bitcoin's going to double in price right now, we need $800 billion of brand new money to enter that project. If XRP is going to double in price, we only need $30 billion. So it really is a game that Johnny's kind of outlining. If you're not too early, you're too late. And for anybody who's frustrated, here's the positive side. At least you're too early. But Gonzo, I did just want to get some of your thoughts. Maybe you don't have to provide a positive perspective. It can be negative, whatever, because we gave the optimism. What's your perspective? No, I, th I think it's positive, right? Like, look, it's giving you more time to dollar cost average and to get in, right? That's why we tell people Ethereum, Bitcoin, maybe to like stabilize your portfolio because XRP is going to be very volatile. It shows it to you right there. But like you said, this is the year, put up or shut up. We just need some attention. We need a good narrative. And I think that's going to come. But this just gives you more time to dollar cost average, depending on where your entry is, right? If your entry is below that kind of 53 cent level, then it's a good time for you to buy, right? If you got in at 20 cents, then you're just kind of sitting on your hands, right? But I think you just need to be patient, right? Because what's going to happen is you see all this negativity, you see all this capitulation. The minute that you sell or that you finally give up, it absolutely takes off. Yep. Exactly, yep. Gonzo. And we got 763 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I got a couple exciting things to end the show on. First of all, guys, create a plan. The best thing you can do is have a financial goal. We're not pumping Merlin. Johnny's going like this to tell me the Merlin thing. We talk about Merlin because it's beneficial to you guys. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I did is I created a goal, 100,000. How do I get there? That's why I downloaded Merlin. Merlin helps you create the steps, figure out what prices you're going to have to sell at in order to reach your targets during this next bull run. And he's absolutely right. 30 days, completely free to use the product. And then if you don't like it, you're not charged. You can just cancel your subscription. But we want your feedback. Join, use Merlin. Get in our live chat. Give us some feedback. How can we improve the app? What do you love about it? We want to hear from you. We're super accessible. The second thing I wanted to break down, Johnny, is we got a super exciting episode prepared for tomorrow. As you know who's going to be joining us, Gary Cardone and Mark Yusko. So shout out to our friends. They're both going to be joining us tomorrow for a special episode. And I think we're going to break down some very important conversations. I'm just looking for the thumbnail here, guys. There we go. We're going to have some really good conversations. We're going to talk about Bitcoin, XRP, US regulation. We're even going to get to have lunch with Gary on Friday. So that's going to be exciting. Maybe I'll bring my camera, give you some behind the scenes action as well. But I did want to say, show us some love, smash that like button and turn on your subscriptions <clears throat> as well as your notifications. Because Johnny, 
you want to be notified when this thing starts tomorrow. So 30 yeah, second floor is yours. Abs, I mean, this is historic. This will be the first time ever in GMC history that we got two big guns on the show at the same time. Looking really forward to it. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, I've been reaching out to Raul Paul and Scarmucci, and maybe we'll get those guys on too. But we'll start in here. We're really excited to have Gary and Mark on. Two, two, you know, super smart people in this space. Don't miss. Go, you can play it. You can roll it. Don't miss the show, guys. This is gonna be epic, baby. Absolutely, guys. And I want to say thank you to the 744 people here. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny. And thank you to the live chat as well. We love you guys. We'll see you in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise.